Good morning. I want to thank you so much for reading the uh, scripture reading. Somehow there was a typo. That is Mark 135 for our scripture reading. I thought I might have to change the sermon, but I hope you don't mind me just changing the scripture. Um, what a blessing. You know, I am working through for the next three sermons, some basics of growing with Jesus. And I hope you don't mind walking on that journey with me. Uh, I will tell you right now, I'm, I'm seeing lots of light. I just had a surgery on Wednesday with my eyes, and there is little halos everywhere right now because the lights of the, are shining at me. So you're going to see me uh, with reading glasses a little bit more. Uh, Sometimes we need to go back to the basics. What is it like to walk and grow with God? I'd like to tell you that I am not a master, but I've been on the path for a few decades. And there's sometimes I fall off and I have no idea why I did. And sometimes I'm on it and I'm like, I'm glad I'm here, but God, what's going right? So I'm going to share from you, with you from my personal experience and from my study of the Word and from a book that's very close and dear to my heart, it's entitled Steps to Christ. So that is uh, the focus of our sermon today. If you just bow your heads with me. Father, we ask for your spirit to guide and direct, and that your voice would be heard. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Today's sermon, we will be looking at Five specific things. Five principles, if you will, for better communication with God in prayer. What does it look like? These are principles. Um, these are not exact science, but these are principles I see in the Word of God. And the first thing that I would like to look at is found in the book of Psalms. Psalms chapter 32 and verse 5. So if you could turn there with me, Psalms chapter 32 and verse 5. David is writing this psalm after he had a serious problem. Uh, David was a tremendous king, but he also had some serious problems. And this psalm, Psalm 32, was written after his sin with Bathsheba. And here's what he says in verse 5. I acknowledged my sin to you. Who's he speaking to? God, that's right. I acknowledged my sin to you in my iniquity, I have not hidden. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. First thing that I'd like to share, first key principle when it comes to prayer, is be personal with God. Don't hide things from God. Now, it may seem awkward that we would try to hide things from God when we pray, but God doesn't listen to our prayers because our prayers sound pious. Let me re re repeat that. God doesn't listen to our prayers because we sound religious. God hears our prayers because we're praying to him. So we don't hide anything. We say who we are. You know, I have friends who have questioned at times why God does what he's doing. Say it. 
Don't hide that from God. I remember distinctly as a young person in my first teaching job, walking down a country road, frustrated with what was taking place and saying, why God? Be real with God. First principle, be personal with God. You know, there's a passage in Steps to Christ says this, prayer is the opening of the heart to God as a friend. Not that it's necessary in order to make known to God what we are, but this part, I used to read it quickly, and I like to just read it slow. But in order to enable us to receive him. By opening my heart to him as a friend, I enable myself to receive him. So when I treat God as a friend, as I speak to God as a friend, I'm enabling myself to receive him. It goes on and says this. Prayer does not bring God down to us, but brings us up to him. So prayer is this communing with God. Um, It's the life of the soul. But who gets involved with this prayer? Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. What does this personal prayer look like? And this is part of the principle that we're looking at, personal prayer. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 6. But you, when you pray, go where? Some of you say into your closet. Some say into your room. Right? Go into your room. Go into your closet. And when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. I suggest that when you pray in secret, pray where no one can hear you. Uh, Let your closet be truly a secret place. There may be things that you're sharing with God that you don't want anyone else to hear. In fact, I strongly suggest that you share things with God that you don't want anyone else to hear. Have you ever thought, I can't tell this to anybody? Maybe you have. Those are the kind of things to share with God. No, 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 Chuck, you don't know what I'm thinking that I can't tear with everybody. Yeah, I know. Share it with him anyhow. He's your friend. If you have a truly good friend, I mean, think of a truly good friend. Everyone here probably has maybe one or two people who just say, you know what, they're just my friends. I can really just pour my heart out to them. Open up with God that way. I'm not worried about my friends saying, Chuck, you are out of your mind. Or if he says it, he says it because he loves me, right? When you share with God, don't be afraid what God's going to say back to you. Share it with him. Open your heart as to a friend. Be personal. Silent prayers are like incense to God. He really, truly does care what we are sharing with him. And I'd like to add to this personal prayer concept. There is no time or place where it's inappropriate to pray. There is no time or place where it's inappropriate to pray. You can pray anywhere. Um, You could be in the midst of doing something that's really not the best, and God speaks to your heart, and you want to lift up your heart to him, do it. In fact, the time when you least feel like praying is the time when you should pray. Yes? 
First principle, be personal. Be personal with God. Um, Jesus is a good example, yes? The Bible says in Mark chapter 1, verse 35, that a great while before dawn, he would go out and pray. Sorry, I put them on backwards. I'm so learning how to use these glasses. I need them when I'm looking down. I put them on when I'm looking at you. Be God. Jesus himself went out. And why do you think Jesus prayed? Help me out. Why would Jesus pray? To commune with his Father. Um, did he need help from God? I, mean, I know we do. Yes, absolutely. In fact, he is our brother, not just in flesh, but infirmities and in trials. Prayer was not just a privilege for Jesus. It was a necessity. And if it's a necessity for Jesus, truly, it's a necessity for us too. And what a privilege. Um, so that's principle number one, be personal. Principle number two, be thankful. Uh, Psalm 100. I have found that oftentimes prayers are 911. Yes? <laughs> I am in a tight spot right now. I need your help. My finances are about run out. My health is about run out. My energy is about run out. My patience is about run out. Depending what your job is, what you're doing. And so I almost always start out with, Lord, help me now. But one very important thing that I think we miss out on is being thankful in prayer. You know, a friend of mine shared something. Uh, I taught at a little academy in Arkansas called Watched Hills Academy for three years. And while there, we had a visiting preacher come through by the name of John Bradshaw. Some of you may have heard of him. And he shared a brief thought with our academy students. I've never forgotten it. And he talked about prayer. Prayer is the breath of the soul. It's so important. He goes, here's an acronym to help you remember how to pray. So if any of you are not sure if you want to pay attention for the whole sermon, this is a good part to pay attention to. Okay? Right? It's an acronym. ACTS. A-C-T-S. Uh, yes, got it backwards. A-C-T-S. ACTS. When I pray, I go through that. Adoration. I praise God for who he is. I praise him because he's the creator God. I praise him because he is the king in the universe. I praise him because he's the righteous judge. I praise him because of who he is, not necessarily what he does for me. I'm just praising him. Adoration. The next letter in Acts is C. And that is when I confess. I start out right away. You know what I'm feeling right now, God, and I'm sorry. Here's where I'm at. I'm mad at so-and-so, or I'm frustrated at this, or God, I'm doubting you. Can we say that to God? Can you tell God you're doubting? Absolutely. I confess, here is who I am. I praise him, and then I tell him who I am. Acts, adoration, confession. The next one is T. Any guess? Thanksgiving. And this is where I thank him specifically for what he's done for me. God, I am blessed. I, I have clothes on my back. I've got a car that gets me from my house to work and back. 
and hasn't let me down yet, right? I'm thankful that I have a house. I'm thankful that I have food to eat. I'm thankful that I have family. And I just go through the things that I'm thankful for, things that God has specifically done for me. And whoever's running the sound system, thank you very much. I had no slides, so it's amazing. Slides on the go. That is awesome. I might hire you, Josh. And the last one is supplication. Supplication. Or making my request. So instead of starting out with, God, I need help, right? I start out with adoration. Let me praise you. Number two, let me confess who I am, where I'm at. Number three, thank you for what you've done for me personally. And the last one, supplication. You ever wondered what to pray? I mean, I don't know how many times I would sit, uh, or, or we, when I was a child, we, we met in the basement of the guy's dorm at Blue Mountain Academy. We were a small community church, and we were trying to get started, and we couldn't afford to buy a place yet, so we met in the chapel of the guy's dorm. And I liked it because in the chapel, you had a row of benches against the back wall, and I could go there, and when I was little, I would crawl underneath the benches, and those sermons were just soothing. I put you right to sleep. But then it got to a point where my, my father made me listen, um, and that, that was not as enjoyable. But I remember sometimes I'd hear people pray. I'm like, as a young kid, eight years old, that was one long prayer. How do people pray like that? And then I'd hear people say, yeah, I was up praying for an hour or two this morning. I'm like, what do you pray about for an hour or two? When I started looking at adoration, I started understanding, oh, I can praise God. It gave me kind of a, fr um, a framework, if you will, some kind of structure. And this is all from the Bible. We see all these concepts in the Bible. Um, so just starting out saying, God, I'm mad with my mom right now. Please help me, which is typically how my prayer started when I was younger. Um, I had a different kind of prayer, right? Man, I want to praise you, Father. And typically for a while, I just said the same thing every single day because <laughs> I didn't know. Praise you for being a creator. Thank you very much. But now I know, the more I know of him, the more I can talk about, more I can praise him. And the confession's never hard. Uh, how many of you have a difficulty thinking of where you've made mistakes? Please don't raise your hands. Most of us have no problem thinking about where we've made mistakes. So the confession area is very easy, right? And then Thanksgiving um, and supplication. We were just looking at principle number two, but I wanted to add this in. Um, the book Steps to Christ says this, we do not pray any too much, but we're too sparing of giving thanks. We're not praying too much but we just a little too sparing of giving thanks. What's that psalm? I think we looked at it in our Sabbath school lesson today. Psalm 100. Um, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. What's the next verse? Enter into his gates, right, with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. So the first thing that we want to do as we're walking into the presence of God in our worship is to thank him. I enter into his gates with thanksgiving. So I'm personal and I am thankful. 
if you're ever wondering how to pray, I've got a book of prayer for you. You ready? Oh boy, I think I got something that's got a lot of things in it. Here we go. Um, here is a prayer. Are you ready? Mm, no, I'm not going to do that one. Here it is. Oh Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made. Who am I singing to? This is a prayer song. There's a lot of prayer songs. Um, there's a lot of uh, hymns that are prayer songs. There's a lot of other songs that are prayer songs. Another one is, Great is thy... Who am I, who am I singing to? It's a prayer. Lord Jesus, I long to be perfectly whole. It's a prayer. And if you're wanting... God, I don't know what to say. Sometimes I found that hymns say for me what I can never say for myself. There was, um, as I was working on some parts of our sermon uh, this morning, as I was looking at it, um, I was contemplating something that had me sad. Scary when that happens because sometimes your emotions come out in your sermon. And so I had YouTube on, and I was listening to a song called Redeemer of the Rain. I don't know if any of you have heard of it. If you have not heard it, it's a beautiful song. And um, a song, beautiful song, a beautiful, beautiful prayer. And God hears us, and sometimes that song could say what I couldn't put in words. And there is a way that, that music can help us in prayer. All right, um, there is one I like to read, Psalm 139. Psalm 139, and let's just start with verse 14. Psalm 139, verse 14. David, I, I love this psalm. I challenge you, if you haven't done so, to memorize it. Um, I'm in the process. I haven't got past verse 18, except for the last two verses. But beautiful psalm. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. And that my soul knows well. So here is a picture of praise that's coming forth here. Um, my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. I love his poetry here, right? Your eyes saw my substance yet unformed. And in your book they were all written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O oh God. How great is the sum of them. Have you ever thought about the fact that God thinks about you? He thinks about you. And I love the way David puts it. He goes, how precious are your thoughts toward me, O oh God. God has precious thoughts towards us. And this is David's prayer to God that you and I have the privilege of listening in to. Okay, first one, be personal. Second, be thankful, um, praising God. The next one is uh, a short one, but I want to just touch on it briefly, and that is recognize the, the power, the spiritual power of prayer. There is spiritual power in prayer. 
The book Steps to Christ, page 99. Again, there's a chapter called The Privilege of Prayer that I'm pulling from here. We may close every door to impure imaginings and unholy thoughts by lifting the soul into the presence of God through sincere prayer. I love it. There are times, I don't know if you have this, but I just have thoughts that are coming into my brain. Everything from every emotion in the book that's not good. Right? This is a time to pray. And sometimes I find that prayer is not enough. Let me, let me, wait, 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 wait. Let me hear what I'm about to say. So I sing my prayer. I find a prayer that's a song. I sing something. Because there is power in prayer, and I would say in sung prayer as well. There are things that are coming in. God, I am angry. I am sad. I'm feeling thoughts that are impure. God, I need your help. And I pray. And God can do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Amen? Um, Jesus actually told the disciples, watch and pray. Right? Watch and pray unless you enter into temptation. Um. Do you know why, do you think Satan likes it when you pray? Pure illustration. The prayer closet is over by the piano. And so I'm walking towards my prayer closet. I'm here to spend time with God. And as I'm going that direction, all of a sudden, a shout comes from over there. Hey, Chuck. Yeah? Come take a look at this. Well, okay. Take a look at it. Start walking back. All of a sudden, I hear something. Hey, check this out. Look at this. Watch this. Read this. Whatever it may be. The phone may ring, right? There's all kinds of things. Here is why, and I'm not going to say those things are of Satan, but I do want to say this. Here is why Satan doesn't want us to pray. Because he knows that God is waiting to hear our prayer. (laughs) Satan knows that God can't wait to hear our prayer. And he doesn't want God to be happy. Number two, God's heart of infinite love yearns towards us. Because Satan knows that God's heart is reaching towards us. He goes, I don't want them to feel the love of God. Uh Uh-uh. I want Chuck to be miserable. Here's the next thing. Angels, uh, no, no. Temptations have more power when we aren't praying. Well, if I can keep Chuck from praying, I have a better chance of getting him here five hours from now. How about this one? Without prayer, we become restless and leave the right path. And the final one, Satan doesn't want us to pray and tries to obstruct the path to God because God is where we obtain grace and power. You're beaten up. You're treated cruelly, and in your heart, you realize that you're worthless. By the way, no son and daughter of God is worthless. But these feelings are ours, am I right? And so I'm walking, beat, dejected. Yeah, I know I should pray. I just heard about it. I should do it. And then I get hit. Chuck, he's not going to listen to you anyhow. You big hypocrite. You're hearing what I'm saying. That is an obstruction to prayer. 
And when that happens, you go pray anyhow. Don't let it stop you. Don't let it hinder you. Satan will do whatever he can to keep us from going to Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is where there's grace and power. And one thing that Satan doesn't want you and I to have is grace or power or to recognize the love that God has for us. Principle one, be personal. Principle two, be thankful. Principle three, prayer is spiritual power. And number four, prayer and selflessness are connected. That's an interesting thought. In Jesus' last recorded prayer in John chapter 17, he makes an interesting statement. John chapter 17, this is Jesus' last recorded prayer. And verse, uh, actually, no. We have the prayer of him in the Garden of Eden, Garden of Gethsemane, but uh, a, long, a long chapter here. It says, I do not pray, this is Jesus praying to God, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. You will note oftentimes when you read about Jesus praying, the prayer was not for him most of the time. Oftentimes it was for him. But many times when Jesus prayed, he was actually praying for somebody else. He's praying for other people's needs. Um, there's a, I found this, this fascinating. He who does nothing but pray will soon cease to pray or his prayers will become a formal routine. If you're simply praying every day, God, I need uh, strength for the day. Um, thank you for the food that I have. Um, uh, help, help so-and-so to be nice, and uh, I don't want any traffic on the way to work. And you're praying every day. But that prayer is so you. It's okay to pray for yourself. In fact, we're supposed to pour our hearts out. But also pray for others. Pour your hearts out for other people. How can you do this? So Acts was one example. This is the other illustration. And um, I started learning from this after I came to Cape Cod Church. Okay, so this, is, this was new for me, and I just started doing this in the last six years. Um, I'm going to take Psalm 23. You're welcome to turn there if you like. The Lord is our shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the... Here's what I'll do. This week, I am praying for my church family. And I'm going to pray for groups of people. And I would suggest that you all have people specifically by name that you pray for every week. Uh, it can be five people. It could be 100 people. It depends on who you are, what your prayer ministry is like. That's fine. But have someone you're specifically praying for. And let's just say... Um, I'm praying for my, my friend Sam. Um, and I'm just choosing that name out of anywhere, although they just think of my good friend Sam Nickerson, so I hope you're watching, brother. Um, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Father, this week, Sam has needs. I don't know what they are, but you do. And you promised that you would be a shepherd. 
please provide for him. Be his shepherd. Help him to know that this week he is your sheep and you're his shepherd. Help him, Father. I don't mind praying that by name for people, and that's what I do. I pray for actually through Psalm 23 in the Lord's Prayer for my church family here. This is a way that we can, um, next week, next time I'm praying for him, you make him to lay down in green pastures. Father, we're living in a world where we don't have peace. We're running like crazy. Green pastures means it's plenty of food. God, provide for him spiritually all that he needs. Provide for her. You know right now she's hungry for truth. Father, feed her. And so I can use the psalm to help me as I pray. Uh, this is an intercessory prayer. Prayer for others is very important. There's only two left, and I'd like to share them here. This next one is a big one. We're going to go through step by step, but I think you might find it helpful. Um, you pray. Be personal. Be real with God. Be thankful. I start out with praise and thanksgiving, or I'm learning to do that. Um, know that there's spiritual power in prayer. And um, when you pray, be selfless. Think of other people. The fifth principle is this. And please, um, way back in the day, we used to say, don't, don't change the dial. Don't turn it off. If you could hear through this one, there are conditions to prayer. Now, before you just put your throw hands up like, oh, come on, John. Let's just look at it briefly. There are certain conditions to prayer. And, and it's going to make sense, but let's look at it here quickly. The first condition for our prayer to be heard is blessed are they who hunger and thirst after righteousness. Have you ever hungered for something? Thirsted. Feel your need is the first condition. If you feel your need, if you're just praying just to get words out, now I lay me down to sleep. Lord, I pray my soul to keep. If I die, should be where I wake. Lord, I pray my soul to take. You can just get it done every night before I go to sleep. But if you are praying with earnestness, I know I need it. I am Chuck and I need God. That's the first condition for heard prayer is recognizing our need. The next one is simple. Don't regard iniquity in your heart. What does that mean? Don't cling to sin. If there's something that you have in your life and you're saying, God, I need help, you have to go like this. Right? Instead of cling, oh, oh I'm going to cling to it. I, I want it to be. Take it. No, 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 don't take it. Take it, take it. No, 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 no. Sometimes I have to say, God, and this is a prayer that I've shared with several of you before. Lord, take my heart because I can't give it. It's your property. Keep it pure because I can't keep it for you. Save me in spite of myself. Lord, take it. 
I beg God over and over because I can tell you by nature, I am a person who likes to cling. God, please take it tomorrow. Right? Lord, please take it. Could you wait till this afternoon? And the idea is I want to say, God, it's yours. But it's so hard for me to do that. And so it's, what? Lord, take my heart because I can't give it. The next one is probably the hardest one. And when I talk about prayer, this might be the first issue many of you come up with in prayer, and that is this. First, we need to feel our need, and second, we not regard iniquity. But the third condition, it's very simple, but is by far the hardest, and um, it's faith. Faith, simply believing God, God hears our prayer. With, without faith, it's hard to pray. Don't try to solve your problem. Not every problem can be solved. Have faith. Um, okay. Let me read this. This is from the book Steps to Christ. When we do not receive the things we've asked for at the time we ask, we are still to believe that the Lord hears and that he will answer our prayers. Is that hard? Amen, it's hard. We are so erring and so short-sighted that sometimes we ask for things that would not be a blessing to us. And our Heavenly Father in love answers our prayers by giving us that which would be for our highest good, that which we ourselves would desire if with vision divinely enlightened we could see all things as they really are. My 11th grader self, walking down the halls of our school, had a prayer in my mind. God, if I see her, after class, I know I'm supposed to ask her out. Man, I talk about spiritual dating, man. Right? That's what I did. And I saw her. And I asked her. And she said, no. God, come on. Other times, a little bit more serious. I've got a junker, God, a junker. I need a car that can actually be dependable. God, help me. Not one year, not two years, and not three years, and all of a sudden, at a time that I don't understand why he chose, I end up with a minivan four years old that runs beautifully. And all I can say is praise God. And after it crashed, the insurance company, we didn't, uh, someone ran into Christina. Christina did not run into them. They ran into her. Um, after, the, after the crash, the insurance company gave us a couple thousand more than what it was worth, blue book value. So that beautiful white van that you see me driving in is a result of that. Isn't God good? But for years, decade, longing for something and never got it knowing what it's like to stop along the side of the road and let your engine cool down. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Right? God, I don't want that. 
but sometimes it doesn't happen when I want it. And then other things, which I won't share with you, but beg and pour my heart out, and God still has me on the waiting list. You know what I'm talking about. This is the hardest part of our message today because I think it's where the, the, we call it the rubber hits the road, right? When our prayers seem not to be answered, we are to cling to the promise. For the time of answering will surely come. and We will receive the blessing when we need it most. But to claim that prayer will be always answered in the very way and for the particular thing that we desire is presumptuous. And then I love this. God is too wise to err and too good to withhold any good thing from them that walk uprightly. We may have no remarkable evidence at the time that the face of Redeemer is bending over us in compassion and love. But this is even so. We may not feel his visible touch, but his hand is upon us in love and pitying tenderness. I don't see him. I don't feel him. But he's there. Faith, I wish that was uh, simple, right? It is simple, just believe. It doesn't always work that way. There is one more, two more conditions I want to touch on briefly. One of them is forgiveness. Uh, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Yes? Um, I find it amazing. God is asking us to forgive others. May God give us the grace to do that. If there's someone you haven't forgiven, ask God to help you. Because forgiveness is in the heart of God, even if it's not in the heart of humanity. And then the last one is perseverance. And I'd like to just touch on two verses here. One is from the book Steps to Christ, and the other is from the book of 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter, no, Colossians chapter 4. I changed my mind. Colossians chapter 4 and verse 2. Colossians chapter 4 and verse 2. So we've looked at several principles while you're turning there. We've looked at the first principle being personal. Then we looked about being thankful. Then we recognize the power of prayer. And then principle 4, prayer and selflessness are connected. And now we're in principle 5 about conditions. And look what it says in Colossians 4 verse 2. Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Continue diligently in prayer. Don't stop praying. I think this is the reason why mother's prayers are so powerful. Because mothers don't stop. You don't like it when you're a kid because they just don't stop. But then when we get older, we rest on it because mothers just don't stop. Never stop praying. Continue in prayer. You know, there's a, a, a statement here in Steps to Christ. It says, make every effort 
to keep open the communion between Jesus and your own soul. Wait, wait, wait. Make every effort to keep open the communion between Jesus and your own soul. This is the kind of counsel that we give to people who are getting married. Yes? Make every effort to keep communicating between yourselves. So I'm not looking at the two of you. I just happen to be. Right? Make every effort to keep communion between the two of you. What is it? Communication is the secret to marriage, isn't it? If you want to see things go downhill, stop talking. Keep communication open. And that is the same thing with God and us. Nothing complicated. Keep open communion between God and you. Don't stop praying. Keep connecting with him. You know, um, and I like to suggest by the way, well, I, I suggest that spouses keep communing. I like to suggest that God is much more reasonable than your spouse. You're allowed to smile. It's true. He is. Keep open the communication with God. Keep open your communication with God. And the last one, uh, it is too good for me to simply share with my own words. I like to read it. And then we'll close with this. Principle number six, remember God loves you. What was the principle number one? Be personal. Number two, be thankful. Number three, spiritual power in prayer. Be selfless. Number four, notice there's conditions, right? Number five. And number six, remember that God loves you. This is taken from Steps to Christ, page 100. Keep your wants your joys, your sorrows, your cares, and your fears before God. You cannot burden him. You cannot weary him. He who numbers the hairs of your head is not indifferent to the wants of his children. The Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. His heart of love is touched by our sorrows and even by our utterances of them. Take to him everything that perplexes the mind. Nothing is too great for him to bear, for he holds up worlds. He rules over the affairs of the universe. Nothing that in any way concerns our peace is too small for him to notice. There is no chapter in our experience that's too dark for him to read. There is no perplexity too difficult for him to unravel. No calamity can befall the least of his children. No anxiety harass the soul. No joy cheer. No sincere prayer escape the lips of which our heavenly Father is unobservant or in which he takes no immediate interest. He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. The relations between God and each soul are as distinct and full as though there were not another soul upon the earth to share his watch care. Not another soul for whom he gave his beloved son. I'm going to read that last sentence one more time. The relations between God and each soul are as distinct and full 
as though there were not another soul upon the earth to share his watch care. Not another soul for whom he gave his beloved son. Every now and then, um, on vacation especially, my family and I get a chance to eat at a restaurant. When you're at the restaurant, you have someone called a waiter who takes your order. And um, have you ever been in a restaurant and they're just slammed? Everything's going crazy, and you can tell that the waiter is carrying more than just plates, right? There's just a lot that's happening. And this person's trying to do this, and this person's this, and you're waiting for your food, and by the time it gets out, it's cold, or you ask for more salad if you're, uh, you know, Olive Garden or something like that, and that salad doesn't come, and you're just like, ah, right? They're They're split between so many areas. However, once I've had it different, our first anniversary... Um, Christina and I were in the big island of Hawaii. And let me tell you how I got there. A friend of mine was a pastor there, and he said, uh, would you come and lead a co-porter program on the big island of Hawaii? And I said, sure. He goes, well, what kind of pay do you want? I said, I don't want pay. I just need a ticket for my wife and mine to come out. Oh, we could take care of that, no problem. So we had our, 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 our plane trip to Hawaii was paid for. Our location was taken care of so we could stay, and we had a little bit extra time. We planned it so we could have a little bit of vacation time. So we um, saved up, stayed at a really nice hotel for two nights. Was it three nights, two nights, something like that? Two nights. And there was a really nice restaurant, really nice restaurant. I've never been in a restaurant like this. I mean, I showed up with shorts and sandals and T-shirt, and it's like, you're not allowed to go in there. I'm like, what? So I had to go out and buy a collared shirt. I remember to this day. I bought my collared shirt so I could go in there. And um, we sat down. Oh, it was beautiful. It was, right on, it was right on the edge of like a little man-made canal. And there was little tiki torches everywhere. And there was a slight mist of rain falling on the dry side of the island. I have no idea why that happened. We never had rain the whole time we were there until we sat outside to eat supper. But we were sitting at this beautiful little setting, and uh, they sat us down. And then I looked around, and we were the only people, maybe because it was a little bit drizzle, but we were the only people crazy enough who were sitting out there, we were eating, just trying to enjoy this time together on this little table, enjoying it. And then I, I saw a man, a waiter, dressed up much better than I was, I might add, um, standing off about from here to the piano. He was just standing there. I thought, maybe he's you know, inspecting the sky or something. I don't know what he's doing. And, um, but we talked a little bit, and all of a sudden I realized, you know what, I like some more olives. Right? So I went like this. Soon as my hand moved up, that man turned to me and said, yes, sir, what can I do to help you? I said, um, I'll take some olives. Okay. And he brought the olives to me. And then he went back to his standing position. And then I realized it. He was our waiter. He wasn't the waiter for anybody else. He was our waiter. We're the only people that he was taking care of. Just us. And he purposely didn't look at us. You know, he's given us a little bit of privacy by not looking at us. But anytime I needed something, just look in his direction. Bam, what can I do to help you? I remember being shocked. I'd never seen this kind of service before. <laughs> I thought of it when I read this last sentence. 
The relations between God and each soul are as distinct and full as though there were not another soul upon the earth to share his watch care. He's not some harried waiter like I would be, desperately trying to pull everything together. He's sitting there, just ask, what can I do to help you? Is there anything? Except we don't even have to raise our hand. He reads our mind. You have a Savior who will take care of you as if you're the only person on the planet. He is longing to do that. Yes, things may not end up the way you might have imagined, but his love for you is instantaneous. He makes that waiter in Hawaii look like he doesn't do his job. That's how good God is. You are that important to him. His eye is on the sparrow. Can't even a sparrow fall to the ground without God knowing it. God knows exactly what's happening in your life. He cares about you intimately. So why not? Why not pray? Why not pour out your heart to him? Why not share your burdens and fears with him? You can't weary him. You can't exhaust him. Humans may be tired of listening to you, but not God. Not ever. I like to challenge myself and my family here. This year, let's, let's strengthen our relationship with God in prayer. If you're a person who's been praying kind of the simple, now lay me down to sleep, Lord, I pray my soul to keep prayers, I'm not making fun of that prayer. But if you've been praying a very simple, just repetitious, the same every single day, I challenge you to take it up a step or two. The Acts prayer, yes? If for some reason you say, Chuck, I'm loving my relationship with God in prayer, praise God. Like every relationship, it's worth growing even more. And I challenge you to do that this year. I want to do that. I want to take more time so that my heart can be deeper connected with my Heavenly Father. How about you? Would you pray with me? Our Father, we sit here amazed that the God of the universe would care so much for each one of us that you hear our slightest prayer, that you treat as if it were the only one that amazes us, Father, and we're so thankful. Lord, take our hearts. We can't give them. Keep them for us. And Father, we are wanting to draw closer to you this year individually. And we ask that you would help us. Show us how. In Jesus' name, amen.